Hello everyone. Today I'm going to talk about conversion. Conversion is included in change in behavior, but it's not beyond behavior. It's a change in our very nature. It is a such a sinful change that the Lord had and his prophets referred to a rebirth, a change of heart, a baptism of fire. The Lord said, Marvel not that all mankind, yea, man and woman, all nation, kindred, tongue, and people must be born again, yea, born of God, changed from the sinful and fallen state to the state of righteousness, the beginning redeeming of God, becoming his son and daughter. And thus they become new, consensual, and unless they do this, they can no wise in, in, inherit the kingdom of God. Messiah 27, 25-26 is in the book of Mormon, says, And the Lord said unto me, Marvel not that all mankind, yea, men and women, all nations, kindred and tongue, people must be born again, yea, born of God, change them from their sensual and fallen state to the state of righteousness, be, begin redeeming of God, becoming sons and daughters, and thus they become new centuries. And unless they do, unless they do, that this they can in no, no eyes inherit the kingdom of God. Conversion is a peace, not in an event. Conversion can, comes as a result of righteousness, an effort to follow the Savior. Thus, these efforts include extending faith in Jesus Christ, repenting of sin, being baptized, receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost, and enduring to the end in faith. Ending in faith. Although a conversion is a miracle and life-changing, it is a quite miracle, quick miracle, an aligned vision, and the spiritual occurrence do not begin in conversion. Even Alma, who saw an angel become converted only after he faced and first prayed in many days for witness of truth. Alma, 40, Alma chapter 5, verse 46 is in the book of Mormon. It says, Behold, I send you, they are made known unto me by the, by the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit of God, behold, I have fat, fat, fast and prayed many days that I might know that these prayed many days that I might know these things of myself. And now I do know of myself that they are true for the Lord God hath made them manifest unto me by his Holy Spirit. This is the spirit of revelation which is in me. And Paul, who saw the resurrection, Savior taught that no man can say that Jesus is the Lord by the Holy Ghost. First Corinthians chapter 12 verse 3 it says, Wherefore I give unto you understanding that no man speaking by the Spirit of God Called Jesus accused, accused that 
no man can say that Jesus is the Lord, but by the Holy Ghost. The Book of Mormon provides a description of the people who are converted to the Lord. The desire to do good, King Benjamin people declared the the Spirit of the Lord obtained his warning and mighty change in us or in our hearts that we may, we have no more dispensation to do evil, but do good continually. Messiah 5, 2, this is in the Book of Mormon again. And they cried with one voice, saying, Yea, we believe in all the words which they, thou hast spoken unto us. And also we know of the certainty and truth, because of the Spirit of the Lord, obtaining which has written and mighty change in us, in our hearts, that we have no more despised to do evil, but do good continually. I must spoke of people who could not look upon sin, save it with operation. Alma 13.12 says, Now they are uh, now they, after being searching, filled by the Holy Ghost, having their garments made white, being pure and spotless before God, could not look upon sin, save it were with a operation, and that were made exceedingly great many who were made pure and entered into the rest of the Lord their God. They do not rebel against the Lord Mormon, told of group of Lamanites who had been wicked and bloodthirsty, but who were convinced unto the Lord. In Alma chapter 20, verse 6, this is in the Book of Mormon, says, And as sure as the Lord liveth, sure, sure as many as believe, oh, as many as were brought to the to the knowledge of the truth through the preaching of Ammon and his brethren, according to the spirit of revelation of the prophecy and the power of God, working miracles in them. Yea, I say unto you, as the Lord liveth, as many of the Lamanites as believe in their preaching and will convert unto the Lord, never did fall away. These people changed their names to anti-Nephilehites and became righteous people. They did not lay down, and they did lay down the weapons of their rebellionists, that they did not fight against God anymore, neither against their brethren. Alma 23 verse 7, that's the Book of Mormon again, it says, For, the, uh, for they become a righteous people. They did lay down the weapons of the rebellionists, Rebellionists that they did not fight against God anymore, neither against any of their brethren. They shared the gospel. Enos Alma the Elder, Alma, Elder Alma the Younger, the sons of Mosiah, Amalek and Zerma, 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 declared themselves 
preaching the gospel after they become converted to the Lord. In verse 126, it says, And I say that I must soon go down to my grave and have been right, right upon my the power of God that I must preach and prophesy unto the pe- this people and declare the word according to this truth, which is in Christ. And I have declared it all my days and have rejoiced in the, it above that of the world. That was the Book of Mormon. Mosiah. 18.1 says, And now it came to pass that Alma, who had failed from the servant of Kinoi, repented of his sins, inquired and went up about providing among the people, and began to teach the word of Abinadi. Then Messiah verse 27 verse 32-37 says, And now and now it came to pass that Alma began from time to time, time forward, teach the people. And those who were, were with Alma, and t- time did the angel appear unto him, them, traveling around about through the land, of publishing to all the people that the things which they had heard and seen, and preaching the word of God in much tribulation. But greatly preaching by these who were unbelieving, being smitten by the may of them. But the notwithstanding all the all this that they did impart much concerning the church, confirming that the faith and exert them with the long suffering and much tribulation to keep the commandments of God. And much, uh, but not understanding that they didn't put the concession to the church, confirming that the faith and accepting them with understanding, much revelation, came to the commandments of God. And for them who were sons of Messiah, and the names were Ammon, Aaron, and Omner, and Himai. These were the names of the sons of Messiah. And they traveled throughout the land of Zerahimelah, and among the people who were under the reign of King Messiah, Zionless, striving to, to prepare all the injures, which were, had done to the church, confirming that they sinned and published all the things which they had sinned, seen, explained the prophets and, and the scriptures to all to desire to hear them. And thus they were in meant that the hand of God and begin many to knowledge of the truth, yea, to knowledge of the real Redeemer. And and how blessed are they, for they did publish, publish peace, they did publish good, turn none of good, and they did declare unto the people that the Lord we declare unto them. Lord wingness. Amma verse 10 through 1 through 12.
If you guys want to read that, there's the Megumans 10, verse 1 through 12. If you guys want to read it. And they are filled with love after we restrain the Savior visit to, to the people of the Americas. The people were all converted unto the Lord upon all the face of the land. Then, but both Lamanites and Lamanites, they were not concerning the disciples among them. Every man did deal just one with another. And it, con- and it came to pass that there were no content in the land because of the love of the Lord God, which did dwell in the hearts of the people. And there were no inventings, no sufferings, no timidities, no wisdom, no lying, no murders, no manner of sin. Surely they could not bear happening among the people who had been cleared by the hand of God. There were no robbers, no murders, no nothing. Were they limits or many manners, but they were in the one the children of Christ here to the kingdom of God. Respecting and conversion is repentance, repentance and conversion by present uh, and must and present. Russell and Nelson. Repentance and conversion. Last year, while Elder David S. Baxter and I were driving to a state conference, we stopped at a restaurant. Later, when returning to our car, we were approached by a woman who called out to us. We were startled by her appearance. Her grooming, or lack of it, was what I might politely call extreme. She asked if we were elders in the church. We said yes. Almost unrestrained, she told the story of her tragic life, swamped in sin. Now, only 28 years old, she was miserable. She felt worthless with nothing to live for. As she spoke, the sweetness of her soul began to emerge. Pleading tearfully, she asked if there was any hope for her, any way up and out of her hopelessness. Yes, we responded, there is hope. Hope is linked to repentance. You can change. You can come unto Christ and be perfected in him. We urged her not to procrastinate. She sobbed humbly and thanked us sincerely. As Elder Baxter and I continued our journey, we pondered that experience. We recalled the counsel given to a hopeless soul by Aaron who said, If thou wilt repent of all thy sins, and wilt bow down before God, and call on his name in faith, then shalt thou receive the hope which thou desirest. Now at this closing session of General Conference, I too speak on repentance. I do so because the Lord has commanded his servants to cry repentance unto all people. 
The master has restored his gospel to bring joy to his children, and repentance is a crucial component of that gospel. The doctrine of repentance is as old as the gospel itself. Biblical teachings from the books of Genesis to Revelation teach repentance. Lessons from Jesus Christ during his mortal ministry include these warnings. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent ye and believe the gospel. And except ye repent, ye shall all likewise perish. References to repentance are even more frequent in the Book of Mormon. To the people of ancient America, the Lord gave this commandment. Again, I say unto you, ye must repent and be baptized in my name and become as a little child, or ye can in no wise inherit the kingdom of God. With the restoration of the gospel, our Savior has again stressed this doctrine. The word repent in any of its forms appears in 47 of the 138 sections of the Doctrine and Covenants. What does it mean to repent? We begin with the dictionary's definition that to repent is to turn from sin, to feel regret and sorrow. To repent from sin is not easy but the prize is worth the price. Repentance needs to be done one step at a time. Humble prayer will facilitate each essential step. As prerequisites to forgiveness, there must first be recognition, remorse, then confession. By this you may know if a man repenteth of his sins, behold, he will confess them and forsake them. Confession is to be made to the person who has been wronged. Confession should be sincere and not merely an admission of guilt after proof is evident. If many persons have been offended, confession should be made to all offended parties. Acts that may affect one's standing in the church or the right to its privileges should be confessed promptly to the bishop whom the Lord has called as a common judge in Israel. The next step is restitution, to repair damage done if possible. Then come steps to resolve to do better and refrain from relapse, to repent with full purpose of heart. Thanks to the ransom paid by the atonement of Jesus Christ, Full forgiveness is given to the sinner who repents and remains free from sin. To the repentant soul, Isaiah said, Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. The Lord's imperative emphasis on repentance is evident as we read from section 19 of the Doctrine and Covenants. I command you to repent, repent, lest I smite you by the rod of my mouth and by my wrath and by my anger and your sufferings be sore. How sore you know not, how exquisite you know not, yea, how hard to bear you know not. 
For behold, I, God, have suffered these things for all that they might not suffer if they would repent. But if they would not repent, they must suffer even as I. While the Lord insists on our repentance, most people don't feel such a compelling need. They include themselves among those who try to be good. They have no evil intent. Yet the Lord is clear in his message that all need to repent, not only from sins of commission, but from sins of omission as well. Such is the case in his warning to parents. Inasmuch as parents have children in Zion that teach them not to understand the doctrine of repentance, faith in Christ, the Son of the living God, and of baptism and the gift of the Holy Ghost, the sin be upon the heads of the parents. The doctrine of repentance is much broader than a dictionary's definition. When Jesus said repent, his disciples recorded that command in the Greek language with the verb metanoeo. This powerful word has great significance. The prefix meta means change. The suffix relates to four important Greek terms. Nous, meaning the mind. Gnos, meaning knowledge. Panuma, meaning spirit. And panoi, meaning breath. Thus, when Jesus said repent, he asked us to change, to change our mind, knowledge, and spirit even our breath. A prophet explained that such a change in one's breath is to breathe with grateful acknowledgement of him who grants each breath. King Benjamin said, if he should serve him who has created you and is preserving you from day to day by lending you breath from one moment to another, I say if he should serve him with all your whole souls, Yet ye would be unprofitable servants. Yes, the Lord has commanded us to repent, to change our ways, to come unto him and be more like him. This requires a total change. Alma so taught his son. Learn wisdom in thy youth, he said. Learn in thy youth to keep the commandments of God. Let all thy thoughts be directed unto the Lord. Yea, let the affections of thy heart be placed upon the Lord forever. To repent fully is to convert completely to the Lord Jesus Christ and his holy work. Alma taught that concept when he posed these questions. I ask of you, my brethren of the church, have ye spiritually been born of God? Have you received his image in your countenances? Have you experienced this mighty change in your hearts? That change comes when we are born again, converted and focused upon our journey to the kingdom of God. The fruits of repentance are sweet. Repentant converts find that the truths of the restored gospel govern their thoughts and deeds, shape their habits, and forge their character. They are more resilient 
and able to deny themselves of all ungodliness. Moreover, uncontrolled appetite, addiction to pornography or harmful drugs, unbridled passion, carnal desire, and unrighteous pride are diminished with complete conversion to the Lord and a determination to serve him and to emulate his example. Virtue garnishes their thoughts and self-confidence grows. Tithing is seen as a joyful and protective blessing, not as a duty or a sacrifice. Truth becomes more attractive and things praiseworthy become more engaging. Repentance is the Lord's regimen for spiritual growth. King Benjamin explained that the natural man is an enemy to God and has been from the fall of Adam and will be forever and ever unless he yields to the enticings of the Holy Spirit and putteth off the natural man and becometh a saint through the atonement of Christ the Lord and becometh as a child submissive, meek, humble, patient, full of love, willing to submit to all things which the Lord seeth fit to inflict upon him, even as a child doth submit to his father. Brothers and sisters, that means conversion. Repentance is conversion. A repentant soul is a converted soul, and a converted soul is a repentant soul. Each living person can repent. But what about those who have died? They also have opportunities to repent. Scripture declares that the faithful elders of this dispensation, when they depart from mortal life, continue their labors in the preaching of the gospel of repentance among those who are under the bondage of sin in the great world of the spirits of the dead. The dead who repent will be redeemed through obedience to the ordinances of the house of God. And after they have paid the penalty of their transgressions and are washed clean, they shall receive a reward according to their works. The prophet Joseph Smith further revealed that the earth will be smitten with a curse unless there is a welding link of some kind or other between the fathers and the children. We without our dead cannot be made perfect, neither can they without us be made perfect. This dispensation is now beginning to usher in that a whole and complete and perfect union and welding together of dispensations and keys and powers and glories should take place. Jesus wants me for a sunbeam? Yes, and you too. He also wants us as bonding blacksmiths, creating celestial welding links to curb the curse of family fragmentation. The earth was created and temples provided so that families can be together forever. Many, if not most of us, could repent and be converted to more temple and family history work for our ancestors. Thus, our repentance is necessary and essential for their repentance. For all our kindred dead, to the 28-year-old woman mired in the swamp of sin, 
And to each one of us, I declare that the sweet blessing of repentance is possible. It comes through complete conversion to the Lord and his holy work. I know that God lives. Jesus is the Christ. This is his church. His prophet today is President Gordon B. Hinckley. I so testify in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. I promise you, if you read your scriptures every single day, you will be converted to Jesus Christ. You will. I promise you that. You will be converted. You repent, you get converted. What um, President Nelson just said. I'll do one more video. It says, Unto Unto all the world, victor and mercies. The rescue is an invitation for people to rekindle the flame of faith, to again recall what brought them to the initial testimony and to continue to press forward so that their conversion becomes deeper. That's the work of the rescue. I had always asked the Father, why had I come to earth? And one day some sister missionaries knocked on my door. I decided to give up ties. Two years later, the Lord touched my husband's heart. Along the way I learned, and the truth is, I did like it. I knew that what I was doing was for the benefit of my family. I know now that the adversary works, and he works hard to distance us from church, and he accomplished that with me. It was hard to see that he didn't want to come to church. It was hard that he wouldn't want to learn the same things that I was learning in church. I was the bishop during this time. Sister Monica conveyed her worries about her family. And it was then that I decided to bring the case before the World Council. We asked other members, including home teachers, to go and invite Victor to church activities. I didn't want to come back. I wouldn't invite them in. I'd tell them to come another day, that I was too busy, but they kept coming. They never gave up. We wanted him to use his knowledge and abilities to help us in the church. They invited me to participate with the young men, so I started going more frequently to church, helping the stake by going to different wards to give them training. He felt useful. He liked contributing. He went little by little, making the decision by himself. We started doing family home evening together. He was there with us. It was time for a change. It was time to start working, to get things in order and to give service. And the important thing is, I have three kids. And well, I wanted them to do the right thing. And with what I was doing, I knew that sooner or later, they would fall away from the church. And everything my wife had worked for would be thrown away just because of my rebellion. And I said, it's time for a change because I want a different life for my kids. And so, here we are. I feel such a great excitement seeing that he gets up early, that he gets our kids up early and says, get ready because it's time to go to church. When I became active, 
they immediately assigned us a teacher so we could take the temple preparation course. El templo. That temple. For so long, I had worked towards that. When I was taking the course, I felt something inside me, very difficult to express. But in that moment, I felt like it really was the moment to come back. And being inside the temple, when we were sealed and they brought in my children, I wouldn't exchange that moment for anything because we're sealed for eternity, my wife and children and I. In that moment, you forget all the difficulties that they were to get to the temple. I had dreamed of the temple for so long. When we are really converted to the gospel and do things correctly, the blessings begin to come. The Mexican people are a spiritual people. They're a believing people. Their nature is to, to believe in prayer, know they can get answers to their prayers. And the Lord loves them. Each of us has a different conversion story. Each of us has a different conversion. Sometimes it takes automatically we get converted. Sometimes it takes a long time for us to get converted. Sometimes we get converted and we go inactive. That's okay. It takes time. I get that. When you study your scriptures every single day, you get a light inside of you. You gain convert every single day when you study your scriptures. You put a little seed I've talked before. You are that seed every day. But if you stop doing that, weeds start grow, start growing. You start we start when you start growing again, you take that up, you start taking the weeds out and start getting converted again. You get another conversion story again. You get conversions every day. It doesn't matter what it is, you get conversion stories every single day. You read your scriptures every day, you get a conversion story. I do I get a conversion story every single day. I see a conversion story. I read the scriptures. I read my scriptures every day and I see a conversion story. You see one every day. It's called Mighty Change. Another conversion story. I do one more video and then I might call it quits and I bear my testimony. If you guys want to um, you guys want to go to that video, it's on the church website. You can look that up if you guys want to. True conversion. Each of us has observed how some individuals go through life consistently doing the right thing. They seem happy.
even enthusiastic about life. When difficult choices are to be made, they seem to invariably make the right ones, even though there are enticing alternatives available to them. We know that they're subject to temptation, but they seem oblivious to it. Likewise, we've observed how others are not so valiant in the decisions they make. In a powerfully spiritual environment, they resolve to do better, to change their course of life, to set aside debilitating habits. They're very sincere in their determination to change, yet they're soon back doing the same things they resolve to abandon. Sometimes the word converted is used to describe when a sincere individual decides to be baptized. However, when properly used, conversion means far more than that. For the new convert as well as the long-term member, with characteristic doctrinal clarity and precision, President Marion G. Romney explained conversion. Converted means to turn from one belief or course of action to another. Conversion is a spiritual and moral change. Converted implies not merely mental acceptance of Jesus and his teachings, but also a motivating faith in him and his gospel. A faith which works a transformation, an actual change in understanding of life's meaning and in his allegiance to God in interest, in thought, and in conduct. In one who is really wholly converted, desire for things contrary to the gospel of Jesus Christ has actually died. It is substituted, therefore, as a love of God with a fixed and controlling determination to keep his commandments, end quote. To be converted, you must remember to apply diligently in your life the key words, a love of God with a fixed and controlling determination to keep his commandments. Your happiness now and forever is conditioned on your degree of conversion and the transformation that it brings to your life. How then can you be con truly converted? President Romney describes the steps you must follow. Membership in the church and conversion are not necessarily synonymous. Being converted and having a testimony are not necessarily the same thing. A testimony comes when the Holy Ghost gives the earnest seeker a witness of truth. A moving testimony vitalizes faith, that is, it induces repentance and obedience to the commandments. Conversion is the fruit or the reward for repentance and obedience. End quote. Stated simply, true conversion is the fruit of obedience. Through faith, repentance, and consistent obedience, faith 
comes by hearing the word of God and responding to it. You will receive from the Holy Ghost a confirming witness of things you accept on faith by willingly doing them. You'll be led to repent of errors resulting from wrong things done or right things not done. As a consequence, your capacity to consistently obey will be strengthened. This cycle of faith, repentance, and consistent obedience will lead you to greater conversion with its attendant blessings. True conversion will strengthen your capacity to do what you know you should do, when you should do it, regardless of the circumstances. As by Richard G. Scott, it's called True Conversion. I promise you that if you study your scriptures every single day, you'll get conversion. Every, I promise you that. Sometimes it takes time. It's not easy to get converted. Sometimes you forget to study your scriptures. It's not easy. I know it's not. But I promise you that if you study your scriptures, you will get converted to the gospel of Jesus Christ. I promise you that. I promise you that with that conversion. Conversion W.W. Phelps. never to be forgotten. I will go and do to sit under the sound of a voice dictated by the inspiration of heaven. Day after day I continued uninterrupted to write from his mouth as he translated the history or record called the Book of Mormon. was there from the time I became acquainted with the Book of Mormon. From the first time I read this volume of volumes, even until now, I have been struck with a kind of sacred joy. What a wonderful volume. What a glorious treasure. By that book, I learned the right way to God. By that book, I received the fullness of the everlasting gospel. I found the new covenant a key to the holy prophets. And by that book began to unfold the mysteries of God, and I was made glad. The knowledge it contains is desirable. The doctrine it teaches is from the blessed Savior. I'm grateful for the time of Jesus Christ. I'm grateful for the Book of Mormon. I'm grateful for the Bible and the Book of Mormon that left me to my conversion of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. 
I'm grateful for the Prophet Joseph Smith, who went into the sacred grove, knelt down and prayed to to to, to ask what church to join. And Adam Father said not to join none of them. And he came to this church. I'm grateful for the um, our living prophet today, President Russell Nelson, who lead and guide us our church today. Who constantly guide us in these latter days. I'm grateful for the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm grateful for the atonement of Jesus Christ. He died on the cross for us, for all the pain and suffering for us. I'm grateful for the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm grateful for the faith we can reflect on. I'm grateful for the gospel and the conversion. We can read our scriptures every single day and get converted every single day. Every single day. I'm grateful for the gospel of Jesus Christ. I say in the name of Jesus Christ, amen. Thank you so much for listening to me. I hope you have a great evening. Love you. Bye-bye.